a choir, and to our worship team, and thank you to you, Parkway Presbyterian Church. I <laughs> may be able to choke out a sermon, uh, the debt of gratitude and delight the joy I experience, even in being this moment, hearing you sing, opening a hymn book, singing to a guitar, singing songs and praises to our God and Father, I am overwhelmed. <laughs> Thank you for welcoming me into your family. Over the next few Sundays, in anticipation of Easter, we're going to be turning our attention to Psalms. We're going to be looking at songs of salvation as we anticipate the resurrection, which isn't that the hope of every Christian, singing our way forward in anticipation of our hope, the resurrection. So every Sunday as we gather before Easter Sunday, we'll be looking at a different psalm and how it points us to the servant of, a, of the covenant. <laughs> and the king... The King of the Covenant. And we're going to look together to that great Savior. You know, there's great anticipation of we finally have a pastor right here at Parkway. (laughs) And what's been amazing as I've reflected on your session and your deacons, your pastoral search committee, is the shepherd has never left you. You've had a shepherd. Christ Jesus has been your shepherd. He has been here before me. He has been here through six years of interrupted pastoral ministry, through 22 years of congregational ministry among you. He will be with you as you walk your children to high school graduation. He will be with you as you walk your spouse uh, to the to the, to the grave at their funeral site. He will be with you through the can- cancer diagnosis. He will be with us as you walk me down and away, as I walk you down and away into the loving arms of Jesus Christ. He is our great shepherd. And in the decades we will spend together, we will be looking always and ever to that great shepherd. So we're going to turn our attention to Psalm 23 as we anticipate the songs of salvation. We're going to look first at Psalm 23 and look at this great psalm. Maybe one of the most beloved psalms of all time. Maybe one of the most beloved passages in all of Scripture. So we are going mountain climbing and we're seeing the Himalayas this morning and saying, yep, that's one of the mountain peaks. It's printed there on the back of your bulletin in the NIV. Let's read together Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for You are with me. 
Your rod and Your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, open the eyes of our heart. Let us see Jesus, the Great Shepherd, who has loved these people so faithfully. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank You for uniting pastor and people, families together with one voice that we can say, You are my shepherd. You are our shepherd. Bridge the infinite gap from these black and white words to our heart. Lord Jesus, we pray by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. Let's enter Psalm 23 this way with a little bit of an illustration. Sometimes a gift comes with an insult. Uh, Consider if after several months you and I spend together and I got a care package wrapped real nice with a bow and and it wasn't an edible arrangement. It wasn't fruit. It was a very expensive electronic toothbrush. And it was scope and Listerine and floss. Mouthwash. You've given me a great gift. It was expensive. You thought of me. But it also comes with an insult. My breath stinks. That's kind of what this psalm is. It's comforting. It is a precious gift. And it comes with an insult. You're a sheep. Your breath stinks. You need care. And as Christians, especially in light of today, that we get to celebrate communion together, Christians make the proclamation... We are in need. Our breath stinks. Our hearts stink. Our obedience stinks. Our giving stinks. We need help. And God, the Good Shepherd, gives us what we need. My wife's a language arts teacher and she helped remind me about prepositions. Uh, That prepositions relate the object or the noun of a sentence to the other aspects of whatever's being taught. So we're going to enter into Psalm 23 through three prepositions at how the shepherd relates to his people. A preposition connects ideas in a sentence. These three prepositions will connect you to the promises that God has given us in this great psalm. Each preposition is a promise. And each promise will lead to the next. Let's look at the preposition of with, through, and in. The great shepherd is with us. Look there first 
The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His namesake. We have in these opening three verses that the shepherd is with us. He's caring for our needs. What's interesting about being called a shepherd, and Philip Keller in the 70s wrote an incredible little book. It's essentially become the classic text on explaining. He was a shepherd, and he walked with, with sheep. Sheep, have you ever heard of a wild sheep? No. You've heard of wild dogs. You've heard of wild cats. Sheep can't survive on their own. They don't last on their own. They get flea-bitten. They're... they're their wool gets tangled underneath them. Sheep have continual, constant needs. They are always going in the wrong direction. They bite each other. They fall off cliffs. They never survive in the wild. They get sometimes what's called cast, C-A-S-T-E. They get tripped upside down and their bladder begins to bloat and they, nah, they can't get, they can't right-size themselves. They can't even save themselves. And the Psalm 23 says, we have a shepherd who cares for our needs. So if you came here this morning needful, you're welcome. I love that Parkway Church, it's a church named after a road that never got here. Isn't that great? <laughs> Peachtree Parkway ends at Atlanta Highway. <laughs> We're like a dead end road. That's the church. We're across the street from an auto collision center and a car wash. That's the church. But you're worse than a, a collision. You're worse than a dirty car. You're an evil sinner. And Jesus cares for your needs. The shepherd isn't mad at the sheep for being needful. The shepherd isn't mad at the sheep. He knows what they need. He cares for their needs. He cares for your needs in loneliness, in romance, in the desires that confuse you, in the oppression and injustice you've experienced, in your addictions to pills or porn or pride. He cares for your needs. He knows what you need even before he, you ask. You're not too much for Him. He's not surprised by you. He's not disappointed in you. He's a shepherd who knows what his sheep need. Receive the gift in the ins Sometimes the older translations in righteousness. It, in the Old Testament, righteousness wasn't really, we don't want to over Pauline righteousness in the Old Testament. It just meant the right way. If you've read Proverbs, the, the right way, there's two ways. There's a foolish, prideful, arrogant way where I can figure it out on my own, or there's the right way that God, who is wisdom, can lead us down. That part of life is growing in the right direction. Wisdom is learning together along the right path. And this shepherd leads us along the right path. He's given us His Word. He's given us elders. He's given us 
pastoral preaching to say, you are not alone. You don't have to, nor can you figure this out on your own. If you're hurting or lost, God's Word will guide you. He gives you what you need. He feeds you. He cares for you. He restores you. The right path. I hate the these kids these days kind of sentences. But these parents these days, these grandparents these days, these great-grandparents these days, we are starving for God's Word. We don't let it define us. We define the Word through our circumstances. And God says, no! You define your circumstances through God's Word. You don't let the circumstances come in here and say, I'm going to reinterpret this. No, I will reinterpret what I am going through through God's Word. He leads us along the right path. Students, isn't that what you want? Like, what am I supposed to do next? What's the right choice? What's the full choice? What's the whole choice? What's the safe choice? What's the life-giving choice? Parents? Grandparents? Parkway? Leadership? Millers? We want to know what's the right thing to do. What's the wise thing? He will lead us. You aren't left alone. With, we have a shepherd who is with us. You have a shepherd if he is your shepherd who's with you. That's remarkable. He's not waiting for you on the other side. That's almost too good to be true. I don't think some of you don't even believe that. Not with me. Mm -hmm. But what about, yeah, then too, he was with you. Do you think he was mad at me? He might have been sad. Do you think he covered his eyes? No, he saw completely and thoroughly. Jesus is not embarrassed by you. He's not overwhelmed by you. He weeps with you. He prays prayers of intercession for you. He doesn't cover his eyes like, oh, there they go again. He's with you. And through, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Now I know you authorized in King James Version's I I know you love, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What happened was, uh, you don't care about this. I'm still paying off student loans for my why I learned this. But that one word, in Hebrew, they didn't put vowels. And so there's really only a few words that it's really hard to tell. Uh, What does that word mean? And Hebrew does not do, you know like the word butterfly? You don't understand more about butter, nor do you understand fly by putting them together, nor does it help you understand what a butterfly is. Does this make sense? Hebrew does not work that way. It's the same way. You don't, Hebrew does not smash two words together like shadow, valley of the shadow of, shadow of death. It's just a dark valley. It's just a dark valley. And the, the King James translated it. It's a, one of the dark valleys is death. No question. And it became so well-loved, certainly around the Civil War, and then World War I and World War II. So many chaplains were burying so many soldiers, this became the, the 
translation that we knew. But it's not just when you face death. It is. But it's when you face any darkness, any confusion, any depression, any eating disorder, any loss of a job, any loss of a pastor, any loss of finances, even though I walk through. Now you, if you're a Christian, or maybe even if you're not, you may think, you may think, Christianity is that the shepherd leads me around the deepest darkness. Right? I'm a Christian. Why is this happening? Why did the pastor do that? Why did my wife do that? Why did my husband do that? Why did my kids do that? Why did the economy do that? Why did the evil person do that? Why did they do that? Why did my body do that? Why did my car do that? Isn't God supposed to protect me from this? School shooters, church shooters, cancer, murdering babies. What isn't he? The shepherd leads us through, not around. Your Christianity is not defined by how many dark valleys you've avoided. Your Christianity is defined by the shepherd who is with you through the darkest valleys. Even those, he's leading you through. He will, he has, he won't stop. The shepherd leads you through dark valleys, not around. Trouble and darkness. Sin and death. You have a shepherd that takes you through sin and death. And lastly, in. In the presence of enemies. This shepherd who leads the sheep. You know, it was the valleys were dangerous. In a first, in a ancient Near Eastern mindset, the hills were safe because when David is writing this psalm, the valleys were where the chariots could roll, you know, like the tanks of their, of their time. So that was dangerous. That's where the, there was water there for sure, but there was also dangerous villains and enemies and national people that were coming against you and predators. The valley was dangerous. If we could get to the hills where we could be one-on-one, we, would, we were safe. But this shepherd leads us and sets a banquet for us. We're hungry. It doesn't say after he's defeated all the enemies and all the lies and he has a perfect church and everybody is hunky-dory, and there's no one complaining about the songs we sing, and there's no one complaining about the bulletins, and there's no one complaining about the length of the sermon, and there's no one complaining about the color of the carpet, and there's no... Finally, finally, we can worship in peace. Nope. I don't think... I've been a part of several churches. There's just been... Really? If we could just change that. And everybody else is going, I'm so glad we have that. And the other people are complaining. In the presence 
of our enemies, our shepherd says, I'm going to set a banquet for you. I'm going to guard you and protect you, but I'm going to feed you while the enemies and predators look on. I'm not going to wait until we defeat. I'm going to feed you in the midst of battle. I'm going to care for you in the midst of battle. I'm going to make you. Don't you love that? He makes me, verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. All of your working to please God and show Him how great you are and to impress Him and to keep Him in your favor and to pray, just make sure, just make sure, Lord, I'm, I'm earning, I'm working, have I done enough today? Have I done enough today? Did my quiet time go well enough? Did I pray enough? Oh, I had a bad... I just got to keep working. Shh! The shepherd says, lie down. Like a good father and a kid who just needs to sleep, lay down. You're safe. No flies. No... Pre- I've got a rod. I will beat off any enemies. I've got a staff. I will guide you. Shh. Lay down. You can rest. You can rest now. In the presence of our enemies though? Shh. The shepherd says, I've got them. You don't have to fight them. Shh. Rest. Rest in Me. Rest in My care. Surely goodness and love, verse 6, will follow Me all the days of My life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I want you to know, I take that very seriously. At your funeral, or at my funeral, you will walk that body and you'll see the body. There's proof. He was a sinner. I knew it. Uh, I knew it. But his soul, or her soul, who is in Christ, immediately departs to be with the Lord. And heaven is not your home. Your hope is not heaven. Your hope is the resurrection where Christ will return and renew the new heavens and the new earth and we will dwell together hugging and dancing and feasting. The Psalms will say even the trees are clapping their hands. If the trees are clapping their hands, what will you and I be like? In the new heavens and the new earth, dwelling in the house of the Lord where now the earth has become His temple where the The God, the glorious One, the Prince of Peace, the mighty and majestic God is now dwelling with His people. Where His promise was, I will be your God and you will be My people. Our hope is not heaven. Heaven is not our home. You're there. And Christ will restore this place. Jesus says in John 10, My sheep, hear My voice. Jesus Christ says, I am the Good Shepherd. This isn't just some general God out there hoping that if you're good, maybe God will take care of you. 
This is Jesus Christ who would come and live and die. He was with us until we abandoned Him on the cross. He stayed with us even unto death on a cross. Jesus Christ was with us. Prostitutes, demon-possessed, Pharisee know-it-alls, legalists, pimp drug dealers. Jesus was with sinners. He didn't just go through the valley of the shadow of death. He went into the valley of the shadow of death. Facing our death for us on our behalf. Jesus went through death. And it is said in the Scriptures, He was raised for our justification. He was resurrected for us. We are in Christ. That's one of Paul's favorite prepositional phrases. In Christ. You're in Christ. You don't have to ask Jesus into your heart. That's never really in the, in the Scriptures. Does Jesus ask you into His heart? Yes. That Jesus would welcome you. That you could be in Him. That's our hope. That Jesus Christ, this Good Shepherd, laid down His life for His friends. I am the Good Shepherd who lays down my life for the sheep. You know, Henry Nouwen says, God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. This is fundamental to your identity. This is who you are, whether you feel it or not. You belong to God from eternity to eternity. Life is just a little opportunity for you during a few years to say, Father, I love you too. Has this become personal? The Lord is my shepherd. A.W. Galt, who was a French uh, chaplain during World War I, tells a story of him teaching uh, soldiers. They were going to die. They were just going into the foxholes and just getting absolute, just getting slaughtered. And he would tell these men, the Lord is my shepherd. He only had a few moments to say, if you come to the place where you can personally say, the Lord is my shepherd. I want you to remember it on your five fingers. I want you to know there is a God who has sent His Son to be with you. To carry you through this. Maybe not through this. You might die. Like C.S. Lewis has said. I... I've never seen this quote, but C.S. Lewis thinking about dying by a bomb blast in England in the, in the 40s. Pooh, you're only a bomb. I'm an immortal soul. I love that. Galt is looking at his men saying, you might be facing a bomb. You're an immortal soul. The Lord is my shepherd. If you come to a place where in the midst of trouble, you are ready to say, He's mine, like Martin Luther says. When the personal pronouns ignite, He's mine. 
They came back, soldiers came back after a whole platoon just got slaughtered. And they brought back a guy and they said, this man died, but chaps, you'll never believe it. The strangest thing. Can you explain it to us? This other group of people. We found him. This one soldier holding his index finger. Mine. This soldier died holding on not to the not to the Lord not the shepherd all of those but he's mine Parkway Church through trouble and darkness through sin and The Lord is my shepherd. And this Jesus says, in this table, I'm yours. Will you receive me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for giving us this great psalm. You are the shepherd to the sheep. We receive that insult now, Lord. We understand we are in need. Our breath stinks. We are hungry and foolish and cannot right-size ourselves. And You have loved us with an everlasting love. Lord, would You ignite the personal pronouns in this, Your Scriptures so that we might be able to say with the psalmist, the Lord is mine. Do that even now through this meal that we take together. In Jesus' name, Amen. Christian uh, and visitor and guest, would you please stand? And I ask you, from the Apostles' Creed, they're printed in your bulletin.